All right. Hey, what's up? This is Chris, and uh, I'm doing a little solo episode on the podcast here to try to recap some keynotes from AdWorld last week. So AdWorld is this big virtual conference where all these people that do digital marketing get together and talk about digital marketing. And uh, there's a lot of really great content that comes out of that, especially as we evolve uh, through this data privacy stuff, through some of the Facebook changes, through all sorts of things. And I'm going to try to give you some insights on that after I spent three days watching videos. Now, um, some things I'm going to get out of the way right from the start. Like, what is AdWorld? And uh, I want to try to clarify. So AdWorld is like this three-day conference that happens. And you get folks like Seth Godin and um, you know all sorts of people that are talking about uh, digital marketing. And if you're not in the digital marketing world, you probably don't even know who Seth Godin is. But the point is, is that these are folks that have big companies that do digital marketing. These are folks that do massive amounts of data analysis. They've got a ton of uh, resources available to them. They are the leaders in the industry and they're basically asked to speak at AdWorld. So these are folks that have like a ton of experience and expertise that uh, are saying really, really important things. Now, really this is for advertisers to attend, but I think there's some really good key takeaways as it pertains to the brewing industry, excuse me, the craft brewery industry, that I think are important. Uh, So I'm gonna try to highlight some of those things. Uh, Of course, I had tons and tons of notes, but I'm gonna try to give you the the key takeaways here that are relevant to you. Uh, So perhaps the biggest takeaway from the entire presentation was that there is a move back towards more traditional marketing tactics. And what I kind of mean by that is that, you know, over the last several years, there's been a, um, you know, I guess you could call it like an emphasis with digital marketers to be very, very good at the channel level, like channel manipulation, meaning, you know, how can you game Google ads or Facebook ads to try to drive the most uh, results, the best results out of that, either by doing very segmented targets or, you know, doing some keyword structuring and these kind of things. Well, what's happening is that those platforms are kind of getting rid of that. Their their, uh, intelligence, their machine learning, they're they're kind of making all the best decisions possible and at the same time removing settings that we've had as digital marketers uh, to where your, your campaign structure is just way more simplified now. So, the, back to the note about moving towards a more traditional, you know, back towards more traditional marketing tactics. What this means is that us as marketers, we have to do a much better job of, of crafting the message, right? Uh, if the channels were really good at getting the right time and the right person and the right place and the right placement of those ads, well, that's all automated now. So that's kind of out of the digital marketer's hands somewhat. And there's still a little bit of control, but it's the message that is where all of the action is gonna take place. So whoever is doing your digital marketing has to take it, or you have to take a lot of time to think about like what imagery are we gonna use? What's the copy gonna be? Uh, And is that message going to attract people in a sea of noise that's gonna be going on in their feeds? Uh, That's really the question. So the action out of that is, you know, just understand that your campaign structure is gonna be way simpler. You're gonna have your your set targets. You're gonna let your AI and your machine learning do its thing. 
but you've got to craft your messages better. And this kind of leads to the next key takeaway is that you need to build content with quantity in mind. You know, and a lot of mistakes, and I've seen this too, um, even before this conference, but it just reinforced at the conference was that businesses spend too much time trying to figure out like one ad that they're going to run on digital. They're going to, they're going to have this one video run, which is fine, but like, it's fine to, you know, make sure you have a good message, just like I uh, mentioned before, but like, you need a lot of variation. You got to test a lot of different things. Like, what if the intro to that one video you've crafted just doesn't resonate well? You know, can you have, you know, different video versions? And that's kind of the the theme with multiple people's presentation was like build for quantity, figure out a way to create like modular content or figure out ways to atomize content so you can make multiple versions of it very, very quickly. Uh, one of the keywords that came out of there, I just mentioned a second ago was modular content. And what these guys are doing, it's fantastic is they'll build like pieces of content that are like designed to be switched in and out with each other. So you'll have like five different versions of an intro. You'll have five different versions of the base content and five different versions of the you know call to action or the end piece of a video. Imagine a video here. And each of those is you know five or 10 seconds long. So if you put one, two, and three together, you'd have like a 30 second long ad, but you could you know say you know intro A with body content one with call to action X, you know, and then how many different variations of that could you come up with? If you build your content to be modular like that, then you can have dozens and dozens of, of options to pull from. So what does this mean for your brewery? Um, ultimately, I think that where craft breweries lie with yours, you're not really driving for mega amounts of performance, right? Like in, in the, a lot of the cases that we were listening to during this conference, a lot of these people are like trying to drive e-commerce performance, which in that case, yes, you've got to have tons of different content, tons of different variations. You've got to constantly be testing that stuff. But what about like a, a restaurant or a brewery where you're not necessarily trying to drive an immediate action. It's more about brand awareness, more about brand appeal, more about, um, you know, having a strong message with your audience. Well, I think that having lots of variations is good. And you can measure performance with things like click-through rate, engagement rate, view-through rate, how often did someone watch all of your video, how much of your video did they watch. And you should be looking at those metrics to see, you know, what content is actually resonating with my audience. You know, are they into this style of video or is this other one better? And if you grind in a direction where you're putting out content that's more engaged with, more stronger excuse me, stronger click-through rates, then that's going to ultimately elevate your content up. More people are going to engage with it. You're going to have stronger organic reach. And if you ever were to put dollars behind that content, which I think you should do, you know, the people that you're reaching that are new for your brand, you're going to be serving them content that's been tested, right? This stuff has been gone through the ringer. It's got the best engagement rates out of 10 other variations that we've run. You stand a stronger chance at winning new audience members with with content that's been tested out and fleshed out uh, than you do without it. At the very least, having a, you know many different content variations will help you not serve the same stuff to your audience all the time. You know, if you're serving the same content, the same images, the same video again and again and again, people tune it out. 
people get very good, human brains are very good about tuning out information that we don't need. So, you know, as soon as we recognize that that color scheme, that that style of video is something, oh, I've already watched it. I don't need to, you know, ingest this information anymore. Ignore. The brain does this at a subconscious light speed level. So serving different variations of stuff in different colors, different lights, all that kind of stuff, uh, you can help make sure your message is seen and absorbed by more of your audience and definitely more new people as well. Okay, some more key takeaways that came from the conference. Uh, one of the big ones that I thought was interesting was that uh, this guy was up, uh, let me see if I can, uh, yes, his name was Ross Simmons. He was the founder and CEO of Foundation Social. Really, really cool presentation because he is a content, he owns a content marketing company and what he was talking about was uh, that the content itself is less important than the distribution of that content. And I'll repeat that. So he, he basically he's saying that the distribution of the content, like where you are distributing it and how often you're distributing it and the amplification you put behind it, the dollars that you put behind it is more important than the actual individual content itself. And uh, to kind of elaborate on that, um, you know, content and his references like blogs, you know, when I say content in this framework, it's kind of like blog content, articles on your website, uh, that type of stuff. It's just not as findable anymore. Like Google is just taking all the information and, and putting it, you know, inside of the search results listing on Google. So people don't even have to click into websites. Uh, so, you know, you having that beautiful piece of content that's super SEO rich isn't necessarily as valuable as it used to be. So you've got to take that piece of content and distribute it on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Medium, on wherever, and really get your distribution channels activated so that it shows up in more places and there's more opportunity for new eyeballs to see it. Now, what does this mean for, you know, a brewery? I think that um, if we take this back to like what the what content you what, well let's ask the question what kind of content are you going to be distributing? It's probably going to be videos. It might be event posters, event flyers, uh, imagery, those kind of things. You have to think about where you're distributing that content and try to maximize your distribution channel. So if you're on Instagram, great, but can you make sure that gets to Facebook? Is there an opportunity to get that over to? LinkedIn, is that even a spot you should consider uh, for those those after work happy hour folks? Is, you know, uh, Google My Business a place for you to distribute your event flyers? Probably. Are there tools available to you that can allow you to distribute that content uh, automatically without having to post it manually everywhere? Tools like Hootsuite or, or that kind of stuff. The more places you can distribute the content, the better. And I'll take it a step further here and say that You've got to amplify that content too. So you can't just post it, even when you're posting and using hashtags, that's good, but your organic reach just doesn't go that far. So a good strategy would be to say, hey, let's let's post this content, it's distributed in a lot of areas, and you know, let's figure out a plan for how much we can amplify on a regular basis and set a budget for that. Is it a couple hundred bucks a month that we're gonna to use to boost posts? And what target audiences are those posts gonna to go to? And what type of posts are we gonna amplify? Uh, that's really, really good questions to have and things you could be thinking about. Uh, but again, the point here is that the distribution of that content 
matters more than the actual content itself. And I'll elaborate on that just a little bit more here because I don't want to make it sound like I'm making the point that the quality of your content doesn't matter. I think the quality absolutely does matter. You gotta have good images, gotta have good videos, it has to be relevant, it's gotta be good. But the amount of time and effort you spend on crafting one glorious piece of video or imagery or blog post, you know, you have to kind of push the importance in the other direction here, that it's better if you produce several of these posts and distribute them in many places it's more of a shotgun approach, but you're going to absorb more eyeballs and more traffic and more overall lift for your brand that way than you are trying to focus all your energy on just one one uh, piece of content. This kind of goes back to what we were talking about a second ago, or what I was mentioning a second ago, was that the you have to build your content for quantity rather than uh, quality. And again, I'm not saying have shitty content, right? Uh, you know, have good stuff, have good imagery. Don't make sure it doesn't suck. Make sure it's edited a little bit. Make sure it's formatted for these platforms. But uh, you know, don't don't get caught up on having just one glorious, you know, mecca piece of content. Uh, plan to have fifteen versions of that, and that's where your dollars are going to be spent better. Okay, a couple more points I want to get to with this. Um, there was another thing I thought was interesting that uh, I think some of this pertains to the craft beer industry. So uh, the, you know, there was a guy, uh, Chris Irthol, Uh He was making some points about content multiplication, of course, but he was also making some really great points about ethical advertising. And everybody loved this. This was like one of the best presentations of the whole entire thing. And um, he made some some really interesting points, and I think that they pertain to many different industries. But stuff like you know, don't leave people feeling worse than before. Um, don't help sell unethical products and courses and services. Some of that might be second nature, but like his point was like, look, you know, we have to do. You know, actually, he backed this up with data. I'm remembering now. He was like, look, you know, there's there's actually we have data with all the ads that we've been running, the ones that, that follow these ethical practices, and he lists out seven of them, that should perform better um, for our clients. So like ethical advertising uh, was was kind of his foundation there. And I mentioned those, two of those so far. So don't leave people feeling worse than before. Don't help sell unethical products. Uh, don't be deceptive. That's number three. Um, number four is don't use unrealistic beauty or sex to sell. And I think that this one is important to keep in mind with breweries you know uh i think you know there's an opportunity here to use unrealistic beauty standards to sell beer i mean if you run a search on um instagram for you know hashtag brewery there are posts out there um of you know scantily dressed men and women you know being associated with beer and those kind of things used in advertising just don't go over very well and i would recommend i would i would side with with chris here my name is chris his name is chris but i said with him too that hey you know don't use these unrealistic beauty standards to sell your product people see right through it um he also made an interesting point this doesn't really pertain to craft beer but he, he made a point about uh don't drop ship low quality products and it's like okay yeah don't don't 
you know, have someone buy one of your products and ship it to him from China and it sucks, right? But his tie-in was like, that's actually bad for the environment. Because <laughs> there's all this carbon emission that it takes to get that product to where it needs to go and this person isn't going to use it. It's, they're going to throw it in the trash. That's a total waste. So I thought that was interesting that he tied that into the environment. It's a, it's a line, I guess. It's a correlator, correlation, but I thought it was interesting. Okay, um, other things he mentioned was... Uh, don't run ads that affect minorities. And uh, that might seem off, uh, obvious, but you know, check your comment section. You may be saying something that doesn't go over well with some folks. Check your comment section. Be authentic about it. And hey, you know, if you make a mistake, make a mistake. But uh, keep an eye on that stuff because you know, nowadays, like this kind of, you know, if you if you say something you shouldn't be saying or whatnot, then you could you could offend somebody that you didn't really mean to or you had no intention to. And that can that can kind of damage your comment feeds. I thought that was a good point. And um, you said don't greenwash. And the examples he was using was about like these big oil companies that say that they do charity work and really they don't. It's like half a percent of their of their revenue or something like that of their profit goes to this, and they try to make a big deal that yeah they're such this big ethical company, and people see right through it. So. I think that the point here, the takeaway from there is like, hey, you know, if you're doing some charity work, make sure you're doing that charity work for the right reasons. You know, make sure you're actually trying to help people and that you are actually helping people. Don't just run a promo that, you know, you're you're going to slap a, hey, we're, we're donating, some, donating our proceeds to the XYZ Foundation. When in reality, you're not donating that much, donating that much or that you don't really care about that. It's just you're trying to get that little bit of, you know, uh, greenwashed uh, kind of ethical juice out of it. If it's not genuine, then uh, then that's not good either. So I thought those were really, really good points on the ethical uh, advertising bit. And like I said, that one went, people were commenting like crazy about that. It was a great piece of the presentation. So there has to be something to take away from there, right? Okay, last one I want to mention, and I think this is relevant, especially relevant to craft breweries, is that... Um, Third-party data is going away. You know, it's already going away. We're seeing the the Facebook uh, and iPhones. Like iPhones are not, you know, allow, are allowing you to, you know, have Facebook not track your, your not get your data. Uh, that's not just Facebook. There's all sorts of platforms that are are losing data. Also, Google announced earlier this year that third-party cookies are going away. The timeline on that suspect could be year or two it could be three years but like the point is is that this third party data tracking that's been going on with cookies on the internet is is uh going away and probably with good reason i think that ultimately we had way too much information and it was a violation of, of privacy and i'm glad to see that stuff go away and i'm glad to see it kind of get the reins pulled in on it but it does mean that you're targeting now and your ability to capture information on your website or in your digital platforms is less effective now. So retargeting gets impacted. Your retargeting windows are impacted. Uh, even your ability to see certain data with, within your Facebook, Instagram accounts is, is impacted here. You're gonna just see aggregated data. Uh, so the key takeaway here with that is that you have to do a good job of collecting first party data as much as possible. And the key with that is, is you know, have an email set up. I think that if there's one thing that you could do to collect first party data as a brewery restaurant kind of establishment is 
start you know putting more emphasis on collecting emails getting names and numbers and zip codes and that kind of stuff during that process so that you can understand more about who really is in your following in uh, the email newsletter is a great place to do that you can you can run an offer for it hey here's five bucks off join our email newsletter or hey you know just join our newsletter because we send out really cool stuff whenever we have new beer coming out we we send out an update on it that alone might get you email subscribers and by the way email is an excellent place to drive action uh, it would be awesome if more breweries just updated folks when new beers are rolling out via email you would see an uptick in your sales just by doing that so um that's like the big one is is the removal of third-party data and the call out to put more of an emphasis on collecting first-party data and i think the most relevant version of that is emails emails and contact information uh, on the website for the email newsletter okay that's the key takeaways from AdWorld, I'll be trying to get more content out about uh, what I learned from AdWorld as I go back and rewatch videos and take notes and all that stuff. But it was fresh on my mind and I want to get it out here via podcast form. If you have questions or would like more details or just want to chat about that, feel free to reach out on our uh, website, just getoptimized.com and drop a contact form on there and I'll, I'll get back to you just as soon as we can. For now, I appreciate it. We'll uh, catch you next time. See ya.